The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Thanks for listening. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. My privilege to be here with Percy each week. And Percy, thanks for what you do, the, the time that you invest in this. Yes, greetings and salutations. Well, it's time well spent, my friend. I can't think of anything else that I would rather do because of the importance of the conversation. One thing that carries us along is the feedback that we get to know that so many people are benefiting from what we do here. Absolutely. And again, the thrust at the end of the day, I don't know about anyone else, is that uh, I want to do something that's impacting people and, and, and reaching people. And we certainly are seeing that impact and that effect with regard to all of this programming. We'll be uh, meeting a woman today who's in the midst of uh, a cancer journey. She's undergoing treatment right now. And we talk with people every week, almost every week on the program, and, and we, we talk with doctors and nurses and professionals and nutritionists. We talk with uh, patients who have been healed. Mm-hmm. We talk to those who are going through cancer mm-hmm. right now. And we, just, and we always get encouragement from each one of them, don't we? Well, we want to have a full conversation. We don't want to have a, a partial conversation. So we need to hear from all of those different uh, voices that represent certain aspects and perspectives of the cancer conversation. So that's intentional. Uh, but at the end of the day, absolutely, uh, we want to continue to manifest the idea that cancer can be number one faced. You know, historically, uh, you know, you and I are old enough to know that there was a probably a decade or so ago when you would hear the word cancer, people would just literally shrink in your very presence at the sound of that word. And today we want to destigmatize and take that that energy away from this term. And so part of this is is creating hopeful dialogue of people at various different entry points along the way of the cancer continuum. Another thing that happens as I listen to the interviews that we bring to the program here is that it sensitizes me to the practical needs of cancer patients. And, and that's the resource we want to put into the hands of our listeners who have tuned in today. If you'll go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, you can download some of the lessons that we've learned. Percy, you've put these in written form, practical needs of cancer patients. Uh, cancer patients and their families have just a variety of practical needs, some of them we haven't even thought of before. And we forget, we lose sight of that because we, you know, particularly for family members and friends, when we hear that someone has cancer, we forget about the fact that they still have their day-to-day life and, and the different practical aspects and elements of things that go along with that. And so we can be of a huge encouragement and help if we can, uh, you know, come in and begin to help uh, those individuals out with those practical needs and be there to provide support to them in those regards. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. You can visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. And you can do that by calling this toll-free number, 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
Com. We're going to hear from a woman today who's going to share some uh, some important things we all need to hear. It has has to do with uh, lending dignity to the person who's on a cancer journey. Absolutely. Being heard, having dignity, and feeling like that they're part of a process and that they're respected in the midst of that. Just before we turn to that conversation, though, let's turn to the scriptures. Our foundational scripture where our spiritual nugget is being extrapolated from is Psalms, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 3, and it reads as follows. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Verse number three, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Psalm 18 verses one through three. Well, Percy, on one of your recent trips to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you sat down and you talked with a very brave woman, and you brought this conversation back to us to listen to today. Well, with me today is Tracy Hamilton, who is a stage four ovarian cancer patient, originally diagnosed in 2013, who is still treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is a pleasure to have you on Health, Hope, and Inspiration today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. As stated in your intro, you're still currently treating for your cancer, and again, uh, stage four ovarian cancer. And uh, you were originally diagnosed in 2013. Let's talk about the day that you originally found out that you had cancer. How did you respond and where were you when you were told that you had cancer? Well, I was in a women's clinic. I had been referred to a uh, a gynecologist in a local Tulsa women's clinic. And um, I actually had went in the previous Friday and been told I had uh, probably fibroids. So to come in on Monday to get an internal ultrasound and um, I just brought my husband along because we were both off of work and I had the ultrasound and we were kind of joking around about the picture, uh, you know, uh, saying, oh, it looks like you and and things (laughs) like that. And uh, we went in there and we're expecting nothing. And the doctor came in um, very solemn and she said, I am so sorry. Okay. And I said, okay. She said, um, you have ovarian cancer. And um, my husband and I just looked at each other, and his eyes filled with tears. Mm. And I just looked at him, and I said, it's going to be okay. Wow. It's going to be okay. Wow. And um, he just couldn't even speak. Um, he just looked at me. and um, Bless his heart. Yeah. And um, that's the... Believe it or not, at that moment, all I could think about was, oh, no, my poor husband, you know. Um, How sweet, though. <laughs> well, and I say that only because, you know, in, in some of the commentary in the public square, there's still some dialogue around men not being t- in touch with their emotions and sharing their emotions. Mm-hmm. And here we have uh, an example of, you know, his initial reaction on your behalf. It, it, it really did impact him and how you were impacted not so much for yourself but how it impacted your husband Mm -hmm. i just think that that is just so powerful Mm -hmm. you're told that you have cancer you Mm -hmm. have to allow that to marinate and work through that at some point you begin to take action and, and begin to start down the clinical path it happened pretty immediately because it turned out I had a 22 centimeter, which is the size of a cantaloupe it's pretty big. tumor in my right ovary, and it was crushing um, 
my internal organs. It okay. was crushing my bladder and my uh, kidney. And so they immediately took me, uh, referred me to a gynecologic oncologist, and I saw him the next morning. Okay, yeah, that and is quick. And I went right to the hospital okay. from there, and I had surgery the next morning. Okay, <laughs> so you've had surgery, uh, chemotherapy? I have had multiple surgeries and chemotherapy. Okay, any radiation at all? No, I have okay. not had radiation. So you've done uh, surge, major surgery, mm-hmm. uh, chemotherapy, so you've You've gone through some rigorous process, obviously, and, and shock and trauma to the body. As yes. as anyone who has gone through this process knows, no matter how strong or how great you are, there is a there is a trauma to your physical being under those circumstances. Yes. Somewhere along the lines, you begin to start receiving treatment at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You're a person of faith. You have strong faith, from what I understand. Let's talk a little bit about your faith orientation and what does your faith mean to you. This is not... And I always want to preface this by saying this is not about what anybody else thinks about faith mm-hmm. or what, however they want to define that. This is about your faith journey and your faith perspective. Let's talk about your faith and how and when that began to kick in with regard to this process of being told that you're a cancer patient. I would say um, initially you have that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening yeah. to me. yeah. And then you have a little bit of thought of why this is happening to me. Mm. And then you have the um, unceasing prayers of please heal me. Okay. And sometimes when you're going through some rough treatment, um, I had, with my first in 2013, I had three major open abdomen surgeries within 12 weeks um, because I had some bowel obstructions with oh. scar tissue. But um, by the end of those 12 weeks, I was... Um, feeling tired. I felt like I was praying and praying and praying. And I kept having to go back and have another surgery. And then I had another surgery. And I just felt like maybe I wasn't being heard. Hmm. And I I felt a little, I felt, I'm not sure exactly how I felt. I felt like, boy, I'm praying and praying and praying. And I don't know if he's hearing me. Okay. You know, and and you kind of go through that. Um, And um, for the, probably the first time in my life I think I had some depression I'm not a depressed person well and I had some depression and 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 I prayed and prayed and prayed and I just um I think it 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 tries you and ultimately I think it matured my faith so (laughs) right there that's where we want to put a pin right there several key points been doing this a long time Mm. and there's a misnomer by many who have not walked through this process Mm. uh you know i'm a huge football fan i'm an ex-athlete blah 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 and i find it amazing how the tv sports shows are structured that particularly after football games all of the commentary everybody's got a breakdown of what happened let me tell you what he should have done let me tell you what i thought should have happened well let me tell you what you know if that was me blah 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 and what uh, the Lord said to me one day, he said, you know, it's e- son, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. It's easy to, to throw a 30-yard uh, pass down the field when you're sitting at home on the sofa. Mm-hmm. But when you got to stand on the field and get behind and face that lineman, it's a little bit different ball game. And, and I want to say to you that oftentimes there are a lot of people who would say, well, you know, 
how you know you know particularly as a believer you know you were feeling all of that you were thinking all of that yeah you were Mm -hmm. and let's keep it real so we can really keep it as they would say on the south side of chicago Mm -hmm. is that until you've actually walked down that path you don't know how you would react either and i appreciate your honesty of lord are you hearing me are you listening to my prayers It didn't disrupt God. So for the the shock news alert for all of the super hyper believers out there, that didn't disrupt God not one bit. God knows you're human. He knows you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we really talk about the humanity of an individual in this situation because that's what you're dealing with. You're working through the struggle of, I've got this crazy thing going on. Lord, are you there? <laughs> are you hearing me? And you have to work through that a bit. Let's talk a little bit about the fact of, I would imagine, uh, I could be wrong, given the reaction of your husband initially when Mm -hmm. he was sitting with you and you were told that you have cancer, how is your husband reacting to all that's going on with you? Because there's a lot that is taking place now. I think my husband has just been wonderful. And he has been, his initial reaction was, I can't lose you. I'm not going to lose you. Mm. So he's like, you're not going to die. He goes, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what anything happens. You're not going to die. Okay. Uh, it's not going to happen. So he just turned into that that male fighter dude. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I'm protecting and, her and, and we're going to fight this thing. The funny thing was, you know, there were times when, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Sure. And uh, I said, you know, I said, if this does happen to me, you know, we actually had the talk. I told him, you know, if if I do die and you meet someone else, it's okay with me. Okay. And he was like, no, 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 uh, you're not going to. And no, no, no. He did not want to hear it. He did not ever, whenever I would ever talk about, you know, in case this, he's like, nope, nope, not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so so he, he basically, you know, and again, speaking, you know, I'm going to represent the guys here. Uh, you know, uh, often I'm reminded with my wife. Uh, because men and women typically do respond so differently in many cases to scenarios. You know, when, when I'm under the gun, I, I think I'm a hammer and everything is a nail. You know, I'm just going to go fix that. I'm just going to go take care of it. You know, my wife is like, no, I just need you to listen to me right now. I'm like, well, let's go fix this. And the point that I make here is that he kicked into that kind of demeanor and said, listen, we're going to beat this thing and, and I'm stand by your side. And so you have that support, which I'm sure was huge mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. You go through your process of treatment and mm-hmm. you're still going through treatment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the role of your faith in the in the peaks and the valleys, mm-hmm. the ebb and the flow. Because every day you're not standing on the mountain with your faith cape flowing in the wind saying, mm-hmm. I'm faith girl today. You have tough <laughs> days as a cancer yeah. patient. Yeah. Let's and talk about how your faith kicked in and how did it help it you? Has, journey is the right word. I mean, and it's it has been a journey. You know, I went through the stages I originally told you. Yeah. You know, and it, and at one point, um, when I had the reoccurrence in 2016, um, with literally hundreds of tumors covering the entire inside of my abdomen, almost over every organ I had okay. and my bone. Okay. Um, I was told uh, I was going to receive palliative care. Okay. I almost, uh, you know, had that acceptance. Okay, you know, if maybe. This is my end. Every story has an end, you know, and maybe this is my end. Okay. And maybe, you know, Lord, maybe I just need to accept that this is my end. Okay. 
And um, and then I, I spoke to some friends who were um, evangelicals. Okay. And they were like, no. And I said, well, you know, I, because I was praying for healing, healing, healing. And I was like, well, maybe I'm not meant to be healed. They said, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and um, okay. they said, Jesus, he healed the sick. He never saw a person said, no, it's not my plan to heal you. Okay. He healed the sick. And everywhere that he healed the sick, it spoke about he healed them not because he wanted to prove his divinity or he wanted to convince people. who He healed them because he was moved with compassion. Yeah, yeah. And the Jesus that was back then and the Jesus now is the same Jesus. Jesus is still moved with compassion for the sick. And I just had to believe that. Okay. I um, belong to an interdenominational uh, prayer group of ladies. And I find we have so much more in common than not in common. And that's We're a great thing, isn't sisters it? sisters in Jesus Christ. That's just a great thing. I actually went to my priest and said, you know, I think Jesus is going to heal me. And he said, well, let's pray for that then. Okay. And I said, okay. And um, he has continually um, been praying for me. Amen. And, um, and, my, and my prayer sisters have been praying for me. Great. So you have and, great spiritual support. And uh, I actually... Just one day woke up with the realization, Jesus is going to heal me. Okay. And um, he is healing me. And I am almost cancer-free. Praise God. From being told uh, in uh, 2016, two years ago, that I was going to be referred to palliative care. And I had cancer over almost every organ in my body. And again, I say this almost at every show, and I, my sound engineer who's sitting off to the side and my executive producer who will review this, uh, but I think it's always worthy to say this in lieu of that comment because mm-hmm. when we think about cancer and when we hear people say that they have cancer because you can't, there's no visual here, mm-hmm. you look fantastic. Uh-huh. I, if I walked up to you in the grocery store, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, oh, she's got cancer. You look healthy. You look I have stage four cancer. Yeah, you look fantastic. <laughs> and I also want to say, for the sake of the balance of our show here, you're mm-hmm. receiving medical treatment. Yes, and, I am. And so this is not in the absence of that. This is mm-hmm. in conjunction with that. Absolutely. And yes. so let's talk about what type of environment of faith is created around you. Again, not in the absence of medicine, mm-hmm. but as a support of clinicians, chaplains. Are you, Is your faith being nurtured in the environment Absolutely. of your clinical I, care? thought that was one of the at first odd but then yeah let's talk about let's talk about that yeah first i thought you have a chaplain here who wants to meet with me and talk about my faith and 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 this and that and i was like oh that's that's different because you when you come to the hospital you don't expect that And, and true story yeah in this hospital when i first started i think my second or third week i i will never forget the day I walked into a patient's room to do exactly what you've just stated. Mm-hmm. The chaplains, all of the chaplains at all of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America are empowered to basically meet patients initially and say, hi, I'm Reverend so-and-so. I'm your chaplain. We're here to support you. Please let us know how we can be of support to you. Would you like to see a chaplain or would you mm-hmm. not like to see a chaplain? Would you like to have prayer today? Boom. End of conversation. I remember the daughter of a patient saying to me when I introduced myself, oh, God, Here comes the Grim Reaper, because historically, the reputation of many hospital chaplains, by and large, was focused around end-of-life support. 
And I want to be very clear that at certain times, that type of ministry obviously is a very needed ministry. But spiritual support in a clinical environment can and should be so much more than only end-of-life care. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear you make the statement that you made, it's important to make the distinction. And again, I can't speak for any other healthcare organization, but I certainly can't speak for this one, that spiritual support is all, first and foremost provided as patients desire to have it. Mm-hmm. All patients aren't spiritual. All patients don't necessarily want spiritual mm-hmm. care, and that's being honored and respected. But for those patients who do, uh, chaplains introduce themselves to all patients to at least give them the opportunity to say, if you ever need to be spiritually supported, we're here to support you. And it's always a shock to patients that they're meeting the chaplain on the front end of their hospital visit and not on the back end of their hospital visit. And I thought he was very respectful of uh, my faith. So on that note, how important was that? And how important is that still to your internal experience and journey with cancer right now, having that type of support made available to you? It was incredible. I mean, um, as a Catholic, there's no greater joy than to receive the body of Christ. Absolutely. And um, it gives me um, joy and spiritual strength. And I also just felt like I can trust this guy. He hears me. Wow. You know, and I felt like he respects me. He respects my faith. And he listens to me. And he heard that I really needed this when I talked to him about it. And he moved on it. I mean, he, I told him that morning and that afternoon the priest was in my room. So. Praise God. I just really felt um, heard, Uh, you know. And sometimes people don't always, you can talk to people and you're not sure that they really hear you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I felt like he did. Would it and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Would it be fair to say also that you felt like that you were then a partner in your treatment and your care, in your environment, that you could participate? Oh gosh. You yeah. weren't just being told do this, go here, take that, but now you're a partner in this process, which gives you ownership of what is happening to you. I felt like that in every aspect, not just the faith aspect of my healing, but um in the when I speak to the doctors I'm a pretty blunt person okay and I just walk in and say okay because I always read my reports ahead of time and go because uh, I have a daughter who's in medical school okay she helps me uh, discern what they're saying sure and uh, I just come in and say okay I I saw this this and this now what are we going to do about it and uh, we just dig right in and they say well we've got some options this or that and we talk about it and okay I just I feel again heard I feel like respected and uh, I feel like the team approach is really going on and I am participating in this. I'm not just like the, the patient. I am a team member and I'm, we're kind of all working together that's to this awesome. goal of remission yeah, for me. Yeah. And uh, that's that, awesome. It is awesome. That being said, I hear partnership. I, I hear being empowered. I hear I'm being heard. Uh, what is the, what is the one thing or what is one thing that empowers or gives Tracy Hamilton hope? What gives you hope, my dear? My children. I obviously love them and adore them very much as their mother, but just seeing them now, there are uh, 28 and 31 now. Um, 
just seeing them, knowing them as adults, mm-hmm. um, knowing, you know, no matter what happens to me, I made two great kids. Yeah. And they're good people. Yeah. And they are contributing to the world and making it a better place. Absolutely. And that gives me a lot of hope and just a lot of joy, too. So. Well, I'm going to I'm going to title this segment for our producer. I just want to be heard. (laughs) That's what I heard from you loud and clear today that you feel and have felt like you are being heard. And that has empowered you. Absolutely. You feel that you are a partner. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, along with all of the other great things, raising two amazing children, that gives you hope today. Today, you have heard from Tracy Hamilton, stage four ovarian cancer patient, uh, treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today, I want you to know I heard you. Thank loud you. Thank you. And clear. God bless you, dear. God bless you. Thank you. Well, that was recorded earlier, but Percy, thank you for listening uh, and modeling how to listen to Tracy. Hmm. Well, again, the, the point of the exercise here is when we understand the power of investment in, in, in the human life, the human treasure that God has created, one of the dynamics that is necessary is that we need to provide a listening ear to the hearts yes. of those individuals. They want to be heard. They have something to say. The question is, are we willing to sit and listen to them? Yeah. Uh, she talked about her faith being matured during this time. When we listen to someone like Tracy, who's in the midst of what she's going through, it always encourages me. It always challenges me. And I take so much for granted in life. And here's a person that's fighting a battle right now, and, and she's got the right perspective. Well, you know, one of the things that sometimes we try to overlook uh, from a theological perspective is the benefit of suffering. And we know that the uh, New Testament uh, has a lot to say about suffering. And suffering is part of the walk of a, of a believer. And one of the benefits, one of the byproducts of suffering through processes is that it builds our faith. It, it, it forges a, a, a fortitude in us that cannot come necessarily by any other process. You know, it's easy to say that we love God and, and that, you know, we trust him when all is going well and, and the days are rosy and sunny. Uh, but in the infamous words of one old uh, rhythm and blues song, you know, can you stand the rain? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when the rain falls is a true test of who we are and, and what happens to us. And for many cancer patients, the test of cancer really builds and strengthens their faith. You've had dozens and dozens of these conversations now and brought them to us here on our program. What's going through your heart and mind as you do these interviews? I'm, you know, I'm a people person. I love people. Uh, I love listening to people. I love being with people. But I love interacting with the most human aspects of who individuals are. And if you really want to get to know someone for real, for real, sit down and talk to a cancer patient who believes that you're really there and you have their best interest at heart. They will share things with you and they will tell you things that will literally bring you to your knees. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of just how precious God's humanity is and how wonderful people are because there is no pretension at that yeah, point. Yeah, there's no sugarcoating. There, there you there. go. See, yeah. we cut to the mustard now. We're getting to the <laughs> bottom line or the meat of the coconut. Uh-huh. And and for me, I'm a meat of the coconut kind of guy. Sometimes that, that doesn't uh, wear well in interactions because I just want to get down to the nit gritty. And you really get to see the 
essence and hear the essence of people that you cannot not be impacted uh, by hearing and experience the raw essence of another human being sitting in front of you that lies there uh, exposed and vulnerable. And you have then are challenged to be moved from compassion to do nothing else but to love them and encourage them and be a part of that process and that journey. Well, again, our thanks to Tracy Hamilton for opening up her heart in the midst of what she's going through. Think about that. Absolutely. Think about the energy that it takes to sit down and do what she did in the midst of all of this treatment. And yet she did it today to our benefit. Absolutely. And all she really wanted and what she really responded to the fact is that she felt that she was being heard and that meant something to her. And so thank God that we could hear her. We appreciate it, Tracy. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tracy. Uh, If you or someone you love is going through cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using the evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, where you can click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or call one of their friendly oncology information specialists and ask questions you may have about your treatment options by simply dialing 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com, which is also the website, don't forget, where you can download a free resource, Practical Needs of Cancer Patients. This is an action plan for some people. It is. And again, we want to provoke thought around the fact, don't forget that your cancer patient, family member, friend, loved one, church member, there are practical needs that are required to be met, and they may not be able to meet them, but you certainly can. We want to bring those to your attention so that you can meet those needs accordingly. Can you remind me and all of us what that Psalm, Psalm 18 says? Psalms 18, as we close, Verse 1 through 3, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. The operative verse or thought, verse number 3, I will call upon the Lord. And the reason why we're calling upon him because we want to be heard. I I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Our host, Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you next time, Percy. All right, I gotta go chop some wood, my friend. Catch you next time. Get busy. All right, you've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, 
Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.